if you are eager to get to the bottom of how you can actually fill up yourself, nourish your whole body and mind without food, then I am so excited for this episode for you. In this episode, we have the amazing Katie Corbet to talk about her journey in giving herself a year of grace and learning to fill herself and nourish herself without food. Um, Katie is uh, the CEO of Health Wellness Chocolate. It's a certified health education special and weight loss expert who teaches busy moms how to make time for self-care and how to manage their minds for weight loss. She teaches her students how to really look into their brain and the psychology and the mindset tools to shift their mind and then shift their behavior. She loves helping women uh, and she is just amazing to talk to and you're going to really enjoy this episode. She was actually in the past summit I hosted last week, the Your Healthiest Years Yet Summit. So I will link that here if you want access to her talk plus the other 32 talks. You can purchase lifetime access still. She has a beautiful, beautiful story to share with you today and really how to just give yourself permission to go on that year long of grace of really figuring out what works for you and your body and your lifestyle and how to really nourish yourself from the inside out. You guys know I'm all about really finding out what will really nourish you to really not just fill up your your plate, but fill up your life, right? So that's why I'm really excited for this episode. So definitely tune on in. She has an amazing free resource to offer you, so you're going to want to check that out. And again, um, you can also check out the summit that she participated in. But I also wanted to let you know before you go, the holidays are right around the corner, right? And for many of us, the holidays is can be a very great time to be with family, enjoy foods, enjoy all the traditions that we normally enjoy. But it can actually be very hard um, for us to navigate how do we enjoy the holidays and all the food and all the family and all that stuff while still taking care of our health. And that is why on November 4th, so next Thursday, I'm hosting a free webinar. uh, One of my most popular webinars, the Healthy Habits for Sustainable Success webinar. And on this uh, webinar, we'll talk a lot about what are habits, how are they formed, um, how uh, can we can really create ones in our areas of nutrition, exercise, stress, sleep, all of that in the holidays and beyond so that we're doing these simple, small things to take care of ourselves so that we don't come to the end of the new year saying, we got to start all over and all this sort of stuff. So if that's you, if you're looking for some support in how to navigate the holiday season, please sign up for that free webinar November 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so I'll link that in here and everything else, and I hope to see you on the webinar. All right, bye. You're listening to the More Than Your Weight podcast, and I am Brianna Wilkerson, your host. You know, over half my life, I really struggled with my relationship with food, my body, and myself. I was constantly finding my worth in my weight, in what I did, in how I looked, and how other people saw me. And healthy living was just about getting that affirmation. But when I started to see that my worth and my health was so much more than my weight, I found breakthrough. Yes, my body got to a weight that it really thrived at, but more so than that, I loved myself. I took care of myself and I cared for my body in the way that it needed. 
And I am on a mission to help other women do the same. And so through this podcast, my programs, my group, I really am on a mission to help other women find peace with food, feel confident in their bodies again, and develop healthy habits and a lifestyle that's so much more than about their weight. So I'm so excited to journey with you on this podcast where you'll find solo episodes, guest interviews, and an occasional essential oil episode from time to time. But before you leave, I want you to do a couple things. Make sure you join my Facebook group, More Than Your Weight Women's Community, where you can unpack these episodes, get weekly trainings, uh, monthly challenges, and a lot of support. But also be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. Because guess what? I want to make sure this podcast pops in your inbox every single week. But then if you are on Instagram, make sure you follow me there because I show a little bit behind the scenes of my business and my own health journey. So I'm so excited that you're here. Can't wait for you to listen to this new episode. But also, again, just know that you are so much more than your weight. Your health and your worth is so much more than your weight. All right. Enjoy the episode and I hope to talk to you soon. Welcome everyone back to the podcast today. I have an amazing guest on with me to talk more about really just this aspect of you guys, we know, we talk about this all the time, giving yourself grace along the journey. That's what really makes your health sustainable. That's really what makes your weight goals sustainable and your food freedom goals. And so I have Katie on with us today, and she has an amazing story to share with you guys. And just even her journey of kind of going on a year long of grace and giving herself space to learn what really worked for her in her health and weight management journey. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. So tell us more about you. Like what got you started into wanting to be a health and wellness coach? Tell us a little bit about you and your story as well. Sure. So I, health for me was always something that was important. You know, my parents were big into making sure we always played a sport in school. And, um, that was just high on their priority. My dad was really into coaching and I actually, I, I like health and wellness. I was always into it. I always did struggle with my weight. I was a big girl in middle school and, um, high school. And so, you know, I would get teased and my mom would try to help the best she could. And, you know, it was the eighties. So it was kind of like no pain, no gain, you know, fat is bad and you know, you have to work out. And so there was this approach and, you know, I, I was going to Weight Watchers. I think at the time it was called Weight Trimmers, or it's a different program, but similar style. And and so I had been dieting since I was, I think, age eleven. But um, you know, it's something that was always a real pain point for me. And I had um, I have eight children now, but when I was and I was thirty nine, and I had just had my seventh baby, and I had found myself, you know, seventy pounds overweight it's still that struggle, you know, I'm still struggling with it, trying to battle it. And, and I had gone to, on to graduate school. I, I have a master's degree in, in health education. I worked for the health department. I worked for the red cross. Like I had, I had made health kind of, I thought maybe the more education I got, the, the I'd stumble on something that would help me with my own health and wellness journey and, um, help me lose the weight. Um, but you know, once I started having children, I decided to, to be a stay-at-home mom and, and homeschool them. And so, um, I had, you know, stepped aside from my health career a bit, but I was always still, you know, health-minded and, you know, you know, fast forward, <laughs> you know, 15 years. And so I found myself, you know, 70 pounds overweight and not feeling, you know, I, I was on the eve of turning 40. And it wasn't so much that I wanted that beach body or that I was like, Oh, 
you know, I'm going to get into that bikini. Like those dreams really kind of were never a priority for me. I never really wanted to look amazing in a bikini or any of that stuff. I really wanted to just feel comfortable in my own skin, um, be able to keep up with the kids and run in the yard with them and not have my knees ache or just even for my own self, like going to the playground, wearing like a cute outfit that I felt confident in and like pants that just weren't elastic pants. You know, I just was kind of tired of feeling comfy for myself. And I was, but the thought of starting another diet was, it really was daunting to me. It really felt just, I just hated the idea. Um, I knew I had to do something and I I really felt powerless. I didn't know what to do because I literally have tried every diet out there over the course of the 30 years that I had been on a diet, you know? And, and so the thought of starting another one and just going down that path again, I was like, they don't work. Something has to work. And I would observe like, what are thin girls doing that I'm not doing? Like, what am I missing? What, what am, you know, why am I getting this so wrong? But I have a master's degree in health. Like, where's the disconnect here? I don't understand it. So I said, you know what? I already know whatever diet I choose isn't going to work in the long run. I might have some success, but in a few months or a year, it'll come back on anyway. And I'm going to be back to the same point. So I'm not going to diet. I'm just going to take a year. I'll research and figure out like, where is that disconnect? What, what's the successful, you know, people who are at a natural, healthy weight, like, what are they doing that I'm not? And I just set out to research and I had come across, um, Dr. Roger Gould And he wrote a book called Shrink Yourself, which was really a godsend. It was really gold for me because I had never, ever, ever identified with the idea of being an emotional eater. I thought if you were an emotional eater, it meant you sat in your closet and you had buckets of fried chicken and you'd hide and you'd just eat them and, and cry. You know, like that really was in my head, like what an emotional eater was. And so once I had read that book, he basically explains, you know, when when you're young, you you have a need to be nurtured. And if that need is not met, your brain, because it's designed to keep you, you know, keep you safe, keep you happy and make sure that, um, you know, avoid, you seek pleasure, avoid pain, right? And so if, if you're not getting the nurturance you need in life, your brain will automatically find the easiest path to get that need met. And it's food especially for a child, right? To get that nurturance, it's through food. So you learn this habit or this neural pathway is built inside your brain of like, okay, I feel uncomfortable and your brain just knows, I know how to make you feel better. Let's go ahead and eat something. And your body will actually feel hunger or you'll feel this pull towards the fridge that feels irresistible. And you go ahead and go and eat something. And, and this was a light bulb moment for me. I had never connected that. I literally would just feel hungry or feel overwhelmed and then feel guilty for feeling overwhelmed, right? Cause I, I, I had created this situation where I had seven kids and um, you know, we were home all day long. And you know, I wanted that in my life, but by four o'clock in the afternoon I was feeling overwhelmed and probably tired. And rather than acknowledging that, I just go ahead and grab some chocolate chips out of the toll house chocolate chip bag. And um, that was kind of like how I would relax or feel better around that four o'clock hour. And so once I had read this from this information and learned it, I'm like, well, let me see if this is true. Like if my brain is telling me I'm hungry, but I'm really not, if that's true, I'm going to, I'll stop before I eat and just question it. Like, am I really hungry? Or is this my brain trying to avoid an unpleasant emotion? And that is all I did. I just 
applied that tool in my life over and over and over again. And I just really started paying attention. Now I know it's called emotional intelligence. Okay. That's like the technical term for being aware of your emotions and, and understanding the actions you take once you feel them. But knowing that for me was key because, you know, after the first week I had lost eight pounds and I didn't diet. It was just like, I just stopped eating whenever I thought I wanted to and, and paid attention. It was like, okay, am I hungry? And it wasn't always when I felt an unpleasant emotion. Sometimes it was just habit. So when, when my kids were young and we'd be out, anytime we'd come home, I'd always get a snack out for them because it was always kind of time to feed them. And I think I fell into the habit too of grabbing something to eat as well. So anytime I would pull up the driveway, I would notice my stomach kind of give a growl and my brain be like, okay, it's time to go eat. And so one day I went to go to the the post office and it's only five minutes from here. And I had just finished breakfast, ran to the post office, dropped the mail off that I needed to send out and came back home. And, and I heard my brain say, okay, now let's go eat. And I, it, it like jolted me. I was like, wait a second. I know I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. And, and I, I, once I questioned that and was like, no, you can't be hungry. You literally just ate breakfast. That, that hunger feeling went away like that. It was almost like my my brain got caught, you know, and I was able to catch the thought and like, no, you're not hungry right now. This is just a habit. Your brain automatically assumes you pull up the driveway, it's time to eat and it will just tell me I'm hungry. And I believe it. I didn't know enough to not believe that. And so I just started applying this every time I would feel hungry. If it was in within three hours of me eating, I'd be like, wait, I don't know if I'm really hungry. Let me see what else might be going on. And then just learning what made me tick and, you know, how my brain worked. I wound up losing 60 pounds over the course of the year without dieting. Um, it wasn't always easy because sometimes when you're, when you're trying to eat, it's to avoid a negative emotion. So it wasn't like it was necessarily like, you know, flowers and daisies and, and, and no um, grit, but it definitely was so much better for me because I got to know myself better but I also got to learn other ways of coping besides using food, which I did, I didn't know before. I just kind of thought like that, you know, like that, that's just what you do. Or, you know, I just didn't know any other tools to use besides food to feel better. Cause that's just what I had always done. So, mm. but I, but I never identified as an emotional eater before. So it was a really big disconnect for me, but learning that it was huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many great aspects of your story, but a couple of things that really stood out to me was just the idea of like, that you didn't, you know, you thought of emotional eating was something like it's something you drink when you're, there's a negative emotion or you're stressed and you just didn't identify with that. Yeah. But as you kind of went in where you started to just recognize, well, even because of your, your knowledge and your experience and your studies, like there's something that's going on with my brain. And it's just like that emotional intelligence. And I love how you talk about that because I think we often talk about IQ, like how logically smart we are, but it is so key for us to be emotionally aware of ourselves. And actually, if you know, you take that, um, that, that EQ test, it's like, you can actually be very aware of what others are feeling, but totally unaware of what you're feeling. And, and even for you, yeah, it it wasn't always stressed or overwhelmed. It could have just been, Hey, like, you know, something's going on. Let's eat. And you're right. Your brain wants to make you feel better. It doesn't want to make you feel overwhelmed or stressed. So it's going to give you, it's going to bring back to your memory, those things that make you feel good. Uh, and I just love how you just ask yourself a, a couple simple questions to really get to the core of it. But I also love that you pointed out that it was not always easy. 
Because I think a lot of people may listen to this and being like, okay, well, I just got to keep asking those questions. But a year is a long time with a lot of like things that happen in life. So you're obviously like having to just be very consistent uh, and um, be okay that, you know, maybe didn't, you didn't have a, you know, you asked yourself that question, maybe it didn't go perfectly one time, right. you know, but you were willing to go on that year long of what you would call grace. And so even when we were talking before, and just kind of figuring out what should we share? Cause I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities in our audiences and our stories. You mentioned something about that year. Like it was a year long of grace mm-hmm. and just really applying grace to yourself. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, sure. So one of the things I did was I allowed myself to eat um, what I wanted. So I didn't make any food forbidden because I had done that right with dieting. It's like, okay, you can't have this food group. Or if you have this food group, you can't eat it along with this other food group at the same time, right? Like all these rules. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to finally, for the first time in my life, learn what I like to eat. Um, understand what it feels like when my body feels satisfied and allow myself to have the, the, the treats or the sweets when I want to. And a few really cool things started happening. So Fridays for us, we'd always, I, I think ice cream was a big soothing thing for me. And like the weekend would be like, my husband was home. We'd put the kids to bed. He'd go get ice cream and it'd be like a thing for us. Right. Like it was something I really looked forward to. And I would always get, um, I think it's, I think it's like a blizzard. I think is what it's called at dairy queen. Right. And, and I, they would be huge. And I would eat it and it would never be enough. Like I never felt like I could have had three more of them, right? Like it was just never really satisfying to me uh, because I always wanted more. I was always disappointed when it was over. And so one of the things I had learned was like that I'm, I'm looking to soothe and I'm looking for food to soothe me, but there's no amount, there's no, there's not a big enough ice cream container that's going to soothe me because it's not, it's not what I need. I need something else, but I didn't, I wasn't aware about it. I was just like using the food. Cause that's what I learned how to do. Um, that's what I learned. Uh, and that's what I would use. So during my year of grace, I would, I had given myself unconditional allowance to eat whatever I wanted, but with, within the constraints of like, you're going to stop when you feel satisfied knowing that if you get hungry a short time later, you can always have something. So like food was no longer scarce. I I, I eliminated scarcity from my mindset, which was important to do. And then I also eliminated any forbidden food. So if I wanted it, I could allow myself to have it, but I would, um, you know, ask myself, okay, if I really want this, is it going to support me in my long-term goals? And then I would try to give myself space. So if I was going to have a treat or some sort of dessert, I'd always plan it like 24 hours ahead of time to just make sure to give my brain that, that time, um, you know, like I'd use my prefrontal cortex and this is like some, some of the psychology I had learned, like the prefrontal cortex part of your brain is the, the part of your brain that's, um, in charge of like your values and your long-term planning and your goals. And when you're planning ahead, that's the part of your brain you're using. So when you're reacting to food or you're reacting to your emotions, you're using the limbic system part of your brain. And so I always tried to make a decision from the prefrontal cortex part of my brain. And so once I learned that tool, I said, okay, anything I want to have, I'll, I'll plan 24 hours ahead of time. And so if I want to have dessert, I'm going to plan it ahead of time and allow myself to have it. So nothing's off the table, but I'm not going to just have it because I found too, I wanted to be in control. And I found the more times I was able to practice, no, I'm in control, not you brain. Um, 
I created a new neural pathway. And so I could reinforce that by waiting those 24 hours as opposed to, you know, having it right away, but then I'm reinforcing that behavior instead of just, of just eating without really thinking about it. And I didn't want to reinforce that. I really wanted to reinforce the powerful behavior. So I did that. But one of the cool things I noticed was once I, once I actually took the time to taste the food I was eating, I was shocked the first time we had gotten a blizzard after I decided that this is what I was going to do. And I was eating it and it wasn't cold. The, the, the ice cream tasted kind of waxy and the candy didn't really have a lot of flavor. And I, I was stunned because like I said, I, it was never enough for me, but now that I actually gave myself permission to have it, but actually like pay attention to it and taste it and savor it and, in, and enjoy it, it, it came up empty for me. And I was like, Oh, I don't really think I even like soft ice cream. It doesn't even have, it's not cold enough. It doesn't, you know, so it was these things I learned about myself and like the chocolate chips, I'm like, you know, they're really not that great. If I'm going to have chocolate, I'm going to get the best chocolate I could possibly afford and make it like super high quality. So that it's like, it is like a real nice experience. You know what I mean? So I, I started giving myself permission to have it, but then I noticed I started getting pickier and pickier. You know? <laughs> and then it was like, I'm not ever going to have like cold, greasy fries because it, you know, for a long time when, when I was on this diet and off the diet on a diet, it wouldn't matter if I gave myself permission to eat something, I just eat it. And then, it, and then I would feel, um, like, well, I, I messed up. I might as well just have it all. And it wouldn't even necessarily taste good, but it was like, I gave myself permission and then the floodgates would open and I would just eat. Right. So, but, but one with this tool is like, I kind of got a lot pickier, like, all right, I'm going to have fries, but they are going to be the most delicious fries I've ever had. And I'm going to stop as soon as I feel satisfied. And I actually had to start telling myself like, Katie, you're an adult. And if you want those fries tomorrow, go get new set of fries. You don't have to eat all of them right now. There's no scarcity anymore. If you want more fries, you can go tomorrow and get more fries. And that never happened. But I think my brain needed to hear, you can have it if you really want it. And, and it was kind of with all the different foods that, you know, in my head, it was like, okay, this is, you know, we only eat this food if we're off of the diet. And, um, so if we're eating it, you know, we have to eat it all because you never know when you're going to be allowing yourself to have it again. And, and it was this idea of like, you know, you can have it whenever. So it took away the, the, the forbidden fruit feeling of it. And it was just, well, I'm going to get really picky now. And so a lot of the foods that I thought were impossible to resist were actually not that good. They just didn't taste that great anymore to me. And, and I, I got pickier and, and that helped too, because then I wasn't eating in these huge quantities that, you know, I felt I had to, I had to get it in <laughs> before the next diet started that, that really was abated and it, it kind of abated naturally. It wasn't something I had to, you know, reinforce. Cause like I said, I was like, if you want more, just go get more tomorrow, but don't like stuff yourself now, you know? And, and, and I think my brain would be like, yeah, but they're really good right now. So you just finish it. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm full and I'm satisfied. I'll wait. And if I want more tomorrow, then I'll just have more tomorrow. And that never happened. But I think in the moment, my brain was like, no, you have to eat it all right now. And I had to, you know, give myself permission to be like, you can get more anytime you want. It's okay. And that's, I think where the, the grace came in. It was like this, not beating myself up anymore over food at all. It's like, you know what, you're allowed to have whatever you want. And that is one of the things I noticed that people at a healthy weight do in my head. I thought they would just 
eat as much as they wanted all the time, but they actually really do regulate themselves and they'll say, okay, I'm satisfied. And they don't eat past the point of fullness. They don't stuff themselves. Um, they'll only eat the food if they think it tastes good. They're not going to eat it just because they think they have to get it in. Like there's a, there's a definitely a different relationship that people at a healthy way have typically, I mean, there's always, you know, the exceptions, but typically they, they don't beat themselves up if they have something. They're just like, Oh, okay. Well, that was really good. I'm glad I had it. <laughs> so there was a lot of grace that I learned from that. And even moving my body, I was like, I'm not doing a boot camp. I'm not doing anything hardcore where I'm going to have to jump around and hurt myself. But, you know, after having seven babies, I don't like jumping around. It hurts. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to find something I love to do instead of something I feel I have to do. And it started out with like a 20 second elbow plank. And then I started walking in the afternoons instead of eating those chocolate chips at four o'clock. And, you know, I just, just these small little tweaks that supported me and actually helped me made such a big difference in my life where before I really never paid attention to my own needs. I really just kept pushing forward and, and you know, and, and focusing on everybody else. So it was a huge, it was a huge deal for me, all the lessons I learned that year. And if you can do it with seven or eight kids, we can do it, you know, but I think that is, that's, I mean, we can even probably talk about that. Just like, I think time is something that we feel like holds us back or whether it's like hope, like we feel like we can't do it anymore. But I think the biggest thing that you're saying and the biggest takeaway is just that permission giving to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we're constantly waiting on a diet or someone else to give us permission to go do it slowly or to just uh, make those simple choices. And you're right. It can be scary to say, I'm just going to give myself permission to eat because, you know, I did a podcast, um, a couple months ago about this, like how to trust yourself again. Like we just don't maybe trust ourselves. And so mm -hmm. we are like, no way can I just eat whatever I want, but you, it took a lot of trust in yourself to go mm -hmm. on that year long of grace and giving yourself that permission to eat or do the exercises, you know, um, you know, the intuitive eating, uh, writers would eat in that book, great book would talk about, if not, if you don't give yourself permission, you're going to constantly have those last suppers. You're going to constantly be like, I'm going on a diet tomorrow. So I'm going to eat whatever I want this week. And that just doesn't do us. It just really um, leads to a very warped relationship with food where healthy foods or nutritious foods become about, they become, um, they deprive you, they restrict you and they become just about losing weight or whatever health goal versus mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to just not label anything good or bad. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm actually going to see, okay, do I really enjoy this anymore? And it's, it's similar to my journey. It took me about a year and a half to lose 30 pounds because it was very similar where I said, I'm so tired of this. And I just want to take care of myself and do it in a way that is sustainable and not restrictive. Mm -hmm. And so over time, similar to you, I'm like, okay, we're going to, we typically have a treat that we would, you know, I, I allow myself a treat at any time I want, but I similar to you, like I'm going to save it for the weekend where it's special, where I'm going to take time to make those yummy brownies. I like mm -hmm. versus just buying a dollar brownies, you know, and making it um, an experience and food is very experiential. What do we do when we gather with people? We eat, <laughs> you know? And so, um, yeah, I just love so much of what you said. So if someone is listening and they're like, okay, where do I start with this kind of year long of grace, this year long of not labeling food as good or bad, and just giving myself permission to pursue health by my standards, where do they start? I would say just start paying attention 
to times of the day where food feels so irresistible to you. That's a great place to start because then you can acknowledge like, okay, this probably is emotional eating, right? Because emotional eating comes on strong and fast, right? Like fast and furious. You have to have, and it's usually, it's not like, oh my goodness, I really need to go eat those carrot sticks. It's not ever like that. It's usually like something very gratuitous, something very rich and high, high density in cal, you know, with high density calories. If, if something like that, or, or you're just constantly thinking about food, I would say if you can, to the best of your ability, just start noting the time of day or the situation you're in or how you're feeling at that moment. I know a lot of times we're not in touch with our own feelings. Um, uh, and, and one thing that I found so interesting was like ch- adult children of alcoholics or people with codependencies. Um, you, a lot of times we, we don't know what we need. Like we don't even know what our favorite color is or our favorite movie, um, little things like that. Like we're just not even really in tune to our own self. We, we know, like you said earlier, you know how everybody else is feeling, but you actually aren't really aware of how you are feeling yourself. And so it's really kind of taking time to tune into your own dial and start by just paying attention to your patterns, not even changing them, but just start learning from them. Like, oh, you know, every time I come home, I'm really like pulled to the fridge and we have to eat something. And, you know, I don't know why that is, but there you go. Or, you know, every time I leave my mother-in-law's house, I feel like I have to eat. I just can't, I, I just feel starving. I'm starving. Or, you know, after work on, on Mondays, I, I can't stop. I can't resist the drive through. Like look for patterns like that, where food just feels irresistible, or you just feel like you're being called to the fridge. So maybe it's when the kids are finally asleep and, you know, you can't stop thinking about food, or maybe you're actually alone and food feels irresistible then like you, you can start to notice patterns. So maybe what you're trying to avoid is feeling lonely, or maybe you're trying to soothe and that you know, food is, you know, what is starting to fill you up now, or maybe you're feeling overwhelmed at work. Um, or maybe you need to establish some boundaries, but like you have to start, I think, with just paying attention. If you just do that, just start paying attention to the times of day or the events that go on and how you're, how you're, you know, how is your brain um, reacting to them? Like, what is it telling you to do? And if food is kind of irresistible in those moments, it's probably emotional eating. Yeah, I think I did a podcast uh, last year on this uh, emotional eating series. And one of them was five questions to get to the root of emotional eating. And it was all about what you were saying, awareness. Mm-hmm. That is the first step. And I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, people who have just overcome huge, whether it's addictions or struggles, it all started with awareness, you know, and it, but being busy or we don't want that awareness piece. We don't want to get to the core of it because it just, it's harder or it takes time or, you know, as you're saying, you say, just be aware, don't necessarily take action yet. That's like, what I want to get, I want to feel better now. I want to lose weight now. But as you're saying, like, if you want to lose weight or uh, manage your emotion or just feel good in your body, again, it takes time and it takes that awareness piece. Like you have the rest of your life to do well, hopefully the rest of your life to do this. So let's take some time to do it. So that's such a, such a great tip. So for those who are busy as you are, and as we all are these days who have tons of kids or work or jobs or extracurriculars, like, you know, that awareness piece is huge, but what's one other tip that you can give to the busy, you know, people who are just trying to like really get to the heart of this issue as well. So I would say be intentional. You know, one thing I learned was no one's going to come knock on my door and say, Hey, Katie, I just have a bonus hour for you to go do whatever you want. Right. Like that is never going to happen as much as I would want it to. So be intentional and look for pockets of time in your day. Like maybe 
you're scrolling social media um, and you could be using that time to just go outside and take a walk. Or, um, you know, if there's, I, I always hate to say like, get up earlier, especially if you have young kids, I think sleep is so important too. So, but if there's, if maybe go to bed a little earlier, you know, so you can get that sleep in, but like get some time in your day where you can, it really does take intentionality though. It's, you're never going to stumble across extra time. You'll fill it. So you have to kind of be in control and, and say, okay, it might, it might come down to you having to set boundaries. Like, you know, you can't, and, and this comes down to, to like, you know, building that self-esteem, building that self-efficacy, the tool of setting boundaries and, and being somewhat assertive and saying, you know, I don't really have time to do this right now. And maybe saying to yourself, okay, this is my year of grace. And I'm going to cut back on some stuff maybe that is maybe draining me or that is taking extra time from my life right now. And I'm going to use that time instead to maybe find some type of movement or way I can move my body that I really enjoy, or I'm going to use that to find a hobby. Um, and it might feel so selfish, or you might be like, I can't do that. These people need me, but see where you can cut out some extra stuff and carve in some time for yourself, but you have to really be assertive about it. Um, cause gas fills its space. And so you really need to take time. So for me, I'll get up ahead of my kids. I'll get up around 5.30 and then I'll spend some quiet time. I like to wake up slow. I like to read in the morning and have a cup of tea. But then usually right at that seven o'clock hour, some of my kids might be getting up, but I will put on a, a, a workout video for myself in, in my living room. They'll be like hanging out on the couch um, right next, like within a foot of me. And I'll just do a 30 minute, I, like even this morning, I did a 30 minute workout video. My kids were on the couch. My golden retriever puppy was trying to jump on me. You know, it's like, I was like, oh my goodness, if someone was video recording, this would be ridiculous. But you know, like I got it in. And um, later this afternoon, I'll go for a walk at four. And I just walk in my driveway. Like I, I don't even go far, but I just do it for like a half hour. Um, the kids play outside They're They're having fun and they're kind of getting their wiggles out too. And I found for me, like one of, one of the biggest takeaways for this year was like, I learned about myself I learned what my strengths were. I learned what lit me up and what gave me energy. And one of the things was I'm a lifetime learner and I missed, and, and a teacher, I love to teach. And I missed that aspect of, of me. <clears throat> now I, I am a homeschool mom, but there's a difference between, you know, chatting with other women and investing in them versus investing in your kids. And I love both of them, but that piece of my life was missing. So I thought, okay, if, if I can like at four o'clock, I'll go outside and I'll walk around and I'll listen to a podcast and I'll learn something new that will fill me up so much more effectively than having a fistful of chocolate chips would, right? And so I found substitutes for the times when I was pulled to eat that, that were just as equally satisfying and soothing to me as food would be. And that's important too, because if it's not gonna equally satisfy you, um, you, it really will feel like you're being deprived or you're feeling, you know, so you really do have to take time to, to carve out time, get to know yourself and then, and they really be intentional. Even if you just tell yourself, okay, it's for this season of my life. Well, I, um, I have to make time for myself. Like this is important. And I need to, I need to get myself back a little bit and not in a selfish way where you just shuck all, you know, really important responsibilities, but like do it where it works in with your life. Like I, 
I think I said earlier, I, I can't go join a gym right now. I think doing CrossFit would probably be a lot of fun. I think I'd like to try it. I've never done that before, but the logistics right now of my life, like we homeschool, I don't really have two hours start to finish to go and join a CrossFit gym, like the travel time to get there, the actual workout and the travel time to get home. Like that's not realistic for me. So that's not something I can do right now in this season of my life, but I can do that 30 minute DVD workout in my living room with my kids around and I can walk outside and I can do both of those. So, you know, look at your life and think, okay, what opportunities are available to me right now? How can I incorporate moving my body? And, and don't think of moving your body for weight loss. Think of it as like, okay, this is going to boost my mood. This will help reduce my appetite. This will help me clear my head. It will help me feel better as opposed to, I have to work out. I have to get this workout in because I have to lose weight, like separate them and just move for the sheer pleasure of moving and find something you love, but just, you know, you just have to make time to do it. It's, you know, you're kind of, just have to, right? Like that's, it's your job. It's your life. And you have to really just make that time. Yeah. I love this. I mean, I love the assertion, what you said, like we got to be assertive and, and it doesn't have to look pretty. Like, as you're saying, so I used to do CrossFit in a gym, me and my husband before having our daughter, we both have our CrossFit level ones and I just love doing it, but I love the aspect, the methodology of that sort of training. And when the pandemic hit, uh, and it was like, no one was going to the gym, but I was introduced to this community, particularly called street parking, where it's like, okay, you don't have a lot of equipment. You don't have a lot of time. Let's just do it at home. And I just love it because one, they helped had a lot for pregnancy and postpartum mamas and mamas in general, and we were having that pelvic floor, but also just, I could do it while my daughter napped, or I could do it while she was right over there. And I right. just could like watch her and, and that's the season I'm in. And do I miss like the community aspect of CrossFit? Mm-hmm. Do I miss like having access to all the equipment? Yes. But am I getting in a really good workout here in this? Yes. So it's like, I love both, but in this season, this is what works best. And mm-hmm. it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes. And I love what you're saying about finding what works for you too. And just that outside aspect of walking. Like I used to love walking and I just haven't made as much time, but I'm like, my daughter loves being outside, put her in the stroller. Let's go. It's, it's good quality time. So that intentionality, as you're saying is so huge. And we can even start off small with like, I did this challenge recently where they're like, just get outside for five minutes mm-hmm. and walk. And it was more about mindfulness, but it's like, as I started walking for five minutes, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to do five more. Cause this is fun. And this is restful. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just love this conversation. You're amazing. And oh, I was like, I want to keep talking. Um, but I love also what you said, gas fill space. Like we are constantly going to have our space filled. We're not going to get a bonus hour, right. but we can, we just have to peel back the layers and being like, what's really important in this season. What's in line with my priorities and values. And, um, I even love what you talked about. You said so many great things. Um, but like even what we, I would call primary food, like what really fills me, what satisfies me and learning is actually one of my top strengths from the strength finders as well. Like if I'm not learning, I'm not me. And so podcasts, books, courses, certifications, I used to be like, why do I love doing this so much and spending money on it? But it's because that's who I am and I'm show up better for my family and my clients when I have that. So even asking yourself, those listening, what makes you more you like what nourishes you? Um, Because primary food is are those things you know, you, you know, good career relationships, you know, education, what's on your plate is secondary food, right? Like that's actually mm-hmm. the second thing that nourishes you and learn that concept in the school I went to. And I just loved it because, um, 
we're constantly trying to fix the other areas of our life. What's with mm-hmm. what's on our plate. And yeah. we just can't do that. Right. Um, and then you said one more thing. You said so many great takeaways. So guys, please listen to this one and take notes again. Um, but those kind of beyond the scale victories, those wins that we have for ourselves that don't and may never show up on the scale. If you're sleeping better, if you feel more confident in your skin, if you feel like you have more energy to be with your kids, my gosh, you're doing something right. Even if that scale doesn't budge, you know, which is hard for us. Right. Right. Um, but our health is so much more than the scale will ever say. And so we just really, it's not to say it's wrong to want to lose weight or whatever, but it's just more than that. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we want to tap into that. So I'm going to have to re-listen to this one. It was just so good. I just love your heart, your story. And I just love how you're such a living testament that life can be crazy and you could struggle Mm -hmm. for a while, but there is victory when you're just intentional. So um, as we wrap up, I know you have an amazing free resource to offer to the listeners. So tell us a little bit about your wellness workshops. Sure. Yeah. So I created this, it's called the wellness workshop bundle and there's four, it's, it's a, it won't take you long to go through, like you can go through in an afternoon, but there's four workshops in it. One is understanding prediabetes. The next one is self-care 101. So if you're like, I don't even know how to get started with nurturing myself or those primary foods, right? That's a, that's a really good uh, place to start. Cause it'll kind of give you some ideas on how to get started with self-care. Um, another one is how to manage stress and anxiety without using food or alcohol, because again, we'll fill in the gaps. I almost say it's like spin the wheel of vice. If you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and you don't have the right tools, your brain is going to go for the path of least resistance. So it's either going to go towards food or it might, you know, might be that, that glass of wine or alcohol, you know, at the end of the day, or, you know, like, it's just like that, that's what pulls you, or maybe it's shopping, you know, like maybe it's gossip, but you know, whatever it is, it's really not serving you to be the best version of yourself. Um, learn some better tools that so that you could show up for the as the best person in your own life right and so like how to manage stress and anxiety without using food or alcohol is another workshop and then the last one i have is lose weight for the last time and then in that one i just go into you know how to write out what you're going to have and i give a little bit of the science be- about the prefrontal cortex and the limbic system and then i give uh, three tools that you can incorporate right away um to to start losing weight um inside that workshop. So excellent. And how do people access that? Is there a coupon code or there is, there is, um, it's, I believe it's all, if you go to, I sent you the link and yeah, the coupon I'll code is, in there. It, it's all caps ultimate bundle. Mm-hmm. And if you can just go even to health, wellness, and chocolate.com and click on work with me and the wellness workshop bundle should be in there and you can just click on it and then add the coupon co- code and, and grab the course. Yeah. I'll make sure to link all that in there too. So everyone can see that. So, I mean, um, this is going to be, um, airing kind of a little bit later and then we just finished our amazing summit. So definitely guys, I'll link that in there too. If you want to learn more about Katie and you can check out the summit, it's it's past time, but, um, you can definitely, um, get access to that where she went even in more depth into some of her great knowledge and experience and wisdom, but also where can people find you? If they're like, I just want to connect with you. Your story resonates with me. I want to learn from you. Where can people find you on a website and social media? Sure. So if you head to healthwellnessandchocolate.com, you can find me there. Um, I usually blog every, every Monday, I usually put up, a you know, a video and I also podcast at health wellness and chocolate yeah. podcast. And then there's also on Instagram, I'm at health wellness chocolate. <laughs> 
and also on Facebook, um, mm. health, wellness, and chocolate. So, so can, easy health, yeah. wellness, and chocolate. <laughs> Who doesn't love those three things together? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Katie. You are a joy. I really feel like this episode is going to be loved less so many people. Thank you. I hope it does. I really do. That's actually why I I did this. I I said, if I could figure this out, I really want to reach as many women as possible because I feel like life is too short to just focus on like another diet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get on with life. We got so much living to do. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, make sure you check out the show notes and grab all of Katie's resources and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoy that episode with Katie. She said so many great nuggets. I took tons of notes. And one thing that really stood out to me was how she talked about how there is not a big enough ice cream container that can serve her. And just the idea that often we're running to food to fill some sort of thing that's lacking in our life, whether it actually is a physical nourishment, like we actually physically are hungry or needing some sort of nutrients, or there's something going on in those other areas of our life that are really important and we're just not necessarily paying attention to a little bit. So I love supporting clients around this. That's why I say I'm a holistic health and life coach. And so if you are interested in kind of getting a little bit of support in not just your physical health, but the mind, body, soul piece, please book a clarity call below. I have um, one-on-one coaching spots open right now and I would love to serve you and just figure out on this clarity call what's your goal where you're at what do you need and how um, my programs can help fit that for you but also want to invite you to the healthy habits for sustainable success webinar again happening next Thursday November 4th at 8 p.m eastern where we will dive deeper into what small yet sustainable yet powerful habits can we create in our life and our health to really catalyze us forward in the holiday season and beyond. So that link is below. Go check it out and can't wait to talk to you soon. That's a wrap. That's another episode of the More Than Your Weight podcast. I hope you're leaving encouraged and inspired and empowered to go out there and know that your health and your worth is so much more than your weight. So before you go, again, do a couple things. Make sure you join my Facebook group, the More Than Your Weight Women's Community, where there are daily posts, weekly trainings, and just a lot of support to unpack these episodes as well as get support in your More Than Your Weight journey. Make sure you also follow me on Instagram where I show my behind the scenes of my own health, but also just how I care for others along the way. And then make sure you sit, subscribe and rate and review this podcast because more women will see that, but also you'll get new episodes every single week. All right, I'll see you on the next episode and can't wait to support you more.